0: Welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week. First, as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion.
1: All right, well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It is our last week of the 2020-2021 community season uh, my name is Alex Hauser. I'm the pastor of discipleship here at the church. You guys probably know that by now, and you probably already know that I'm joined by the most amazing pastor of theology I know, Mr. Doug Becker.
0: That's oh, that's so, that's so sweet.
1: <laughs> dude, it's our last. This is our last podcast this year for the pandemic. I, season. That's what we're calling. Oh,
0: it. my gosh. Yeah. yeah, that's true. 2020. It's a bit of a short eight-week yeah. season.
1: Yeah, man. So, th- yeah, this one's the shorter one. Uh, even though it's felt a little long, I think for a lot of folks. But honestly, we've gotten so many of those leader feedback forms that are coming in, and and you guys have just been more encouraging than ever before. So thank you for that, uh, certainly needed, and also a lot of really good feedback as well. Things that we can keep in mind, especially for the, the the upcoming fall season. One of the things that we noticed was just about you know the leaders discussion guide, and we have leaders that are kind of all over the map. Uh, a lot of folks that really just want good discussion and and questions that just kind of get discussion moving. We've got other leaders that really want to go deep uh, into discussion with a lot of um, details um, and a lot of just kind of facts, uh, Doug's wheelhouse, so to speak. And so we're trying to find a healthy balance of that, of what it looks like. Uh, and then as always, we're, <laughs> we're always getting the comment that we have too many questions, which I will give you my comment. Again, you can always throw out the ones that you don't want to ask or change them. Uh, but we'll definitely keep those things in mind for the fall. Uh, we're very much looking forward to the fall as we're studying in Genesis, uh, taking a look at the life of Abraham. Is that right, Doug? That's right. Do we have a name we for the are- series
0: yet? Um, I I have a name for it, but I think Batesel has another name for it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, oh,
1: fair enough. Okay, yeah. so name name coming, but um doug we need to do a record record fast uh podcast recording here because my wife is on the verge of labor <laughs> yes <laughs> she been, is it's been kind of cool because we started this season and kristen was pregnant and now we're ending the season and right about ready to go into
0: labor so nice that. yeah it's really good timing like they're literally going for a walk after yeah. this so yeah.
1: walking up and down hills apparently is what we've been instructed to do but- yeah
0: we did we did a uh, walmart Walmart triggered Caroline. Oh, really? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I don't know. we double task. You know, you get the walk done and you get a little shopping. and
1: Nice. There you go. Buying stuff for the baby as the baby's on the way out. That's right. Dude, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Download about that later. I can celebrate. But <laughs> all right, let's jump into our actual communities guide. Before we do, leaders, thank you so much. You guys have been absolutely incredible. Uh, we are so grateful for you. Like, we, we've always been grateful for you, but now more than ever before, looking back on this season, I mean, we've just been so encouraged by uh, the men and women that consider Emergence their church home and are saying, yeah, we're here and, and we're so long as there's people to help shepherd toward Jesus, we're going to be there to serve and uh, we can't thank you guys enough. It's It's been a crazy year and a wild ride, but we've seen some pretty amazing testimonies coming forward as a result. And so praying that you guys rest really well this summer. Uh, honestly, you know, get a barbecue or a party or something up on the calendar with the group. Awesome, you know, fun, fun stuff, but uh, rest well and uh, and let us know, especially if we should uh, expect you back for the fall. We'll probably be reaching out in, you know, probably toward the end of July or August to see if you guys are re-upping for the fall season. And, uh, or if you have any other leaders that are stepping out of your group, we've got quite a few already that have, uh, that have reached out and said, Hey, uh, for the fall, we want to lead. So uh, keep nice. in touch with us. So that's exciting. But all right, Doug, our last discussion guide. Are you ready, my friend? I was born ready. Of course you were. Dude, this is my favorite passage in scripture. Did you know that?
0: Oh yeah. yeah.
1: My favorite uh, one. I did not know. That. Ephesians. I didn't know that. Ephesians. Oh wait, yeah. 3. I
0: kind of knew that. Yeah. Oh, did you? Well, Ephesians you, you two, eight to
1: ten was one of the first verses I ever learned or like memorized from scripture and uh yeah. it stuck with me forever and um that and and Psalm 19:14 which was a little bit random but that was the first verse oh. that I ever memorized yeah may oh the meditations cow. of my heart or what is it may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight o lord my strength and my redeemer Psalm nice. yeah that was the first one then it was Ephesians and Ephesians is my favorite because it's just, it's so amazing, but let's dive into this, Doug. So um big theme from this week, right? It, like it's salvation by grace, right? God is the only one who can save us from being dead in our sin. And it's by his grace alone that we're saved. Uh, And so we're going to jump into that here in a little bit. And so first section here, talking a little bit about the past and specifically, a past or our past and, and what that, uh, and you know, each of us has a past that if you are a Christian, we've walked, uh, through and walked away from a little bit. Um, and so in the sermon, Ryan, Ryan identified four particular ways of how we can be dead to sin. Right. So if you're a Christian, actually, if you're a Christian or not a Christian, we all have one thing in common, which is that at one point we were dead to sin. Uh, and the, and you know, the big change for the Christian is that we no longer are because of God. Right. And so there's four things that Ryan kind of identified in the sermon this week of how we could be dead to sin. The first of those is just basically being disinterested, right? Our life's fine. Everything's going fine. I'm just not interested in the things of God. That's the first way. The second one is kind of blame shifting, right? For the different messes in our life. Yeah, well, my life is a mess. Obviously, you know, whatever's going on in my life, I of course, but that's not my fault. I was, I was born into this family or my parents got divorced or I had a lot of bad influences or blah, 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 blah. Or look at the government, or look at this, or that, or blah blah. blah. It's God's fault, you know. Uh, so the second is blame shifting. Three is actually knowingly uh, refusing to submit to how God's actually designed us. So it's it's actually knowing and and understanding how God's made us, but like no, I, I don't believe that. I don't want to accept that, or I'll choose my own truth, my own reality. Uh, or lastly, number four, thinking that the things of God are just silly, ridiculous, or, or foolish. I mean, you know how. How foolish can can you, you know, you're so foolish to believe that a man could, you know, rise from the dead and and be Jesus or, you know, haven't you woken up to the 20th century or whatever else that might be? So a couple of questions fall out of this. First one's just a conversation starter. You know, which of these either did you or do you find most relatable and and why? Um, number two, how does the gospel specifically speak to each one of these? Doug, we'll dive into that in a second. And, uh, number three, according to these three verses, what types of attitudes should we have towards unbelievers or what type of attitude should we have toward unbelievers? Um, so Doug, how does the, how does the gospel specifically speak into each one of these kind of, um, I, I guess these, these four mm, counter arguments to Christianity, if you will,
0: or four ways. Yeah. To- and, um, yeah. And I kind of, I think thinking this way is helpful because um, uh, it's not a bad idea when you're sharing your faith to kind of try to get an idea of where a person is at, where a person is coming from and not just having like one cookie cutter way of um, sharing the gospel um, every time you say it, you know what I mean? No matter who, like there's a way to make it to say like, where's this person at and how. How how can how does this speak into it? And um, truthfully, I think we've all got a little bit of each of these in our lives. Mm. Um, But um, yeah, so okay, so the disinterested, right? Because our lives are fine. Um, So I think uh, for this, you know, I I think that the gospel speaks to it in um, uh, exposing the reality of sin, and that like uh, and, and, and how, um, our, uh, how we actually do have a need for God because of our sin that is deeper than, than, uh, than, than any other need that we think we fulfilled with material things. Um, that, that's the most, that, know, one,
1: that one's the most relatable for me. You know, like if I'm answering yeah. this question, that's where I was before I came to Christ. Like, I was good, you know I was, I was fine. I had a lot of great friends right. hanging out, you know good job, like I don't like what do I need God for? I'm just not interested until you know some really faithful friends of mine just said, "Hey, you ever think about what life after this looks like? You know what I mean, what if this entire world in front of you right now is is only the beginning you know and and what does that look mm-hmm. like? Do you have any idea what you know where you might be after that, and that started a very sincere question for me. It was like, okay. If, if life is eternal, then what does that look like? And then they shared, you know, you know, the gospel with me, like there is a God and his name's Christ and look at what he's done for you. Um, it's just bringing somebody alive to the reality that like, I am dead in my sin. I might, even though I might not feel like it or have blinders. And I think
0: as with all of these, I think being honest about it with a person who's, or, or, you know, with ourselves or with someone we're sharing with, um, is, is very helpful here, you know, be like, uh, you know, you've got a lot of really good things going for you. There's nothing in your life really that that would make you say, I need someone to reach in and help me or something, Hmm. you know, of course, there's, there's, uh, there's usually somebody who's telling themselves that life is fine. That is somewhat of a facade. And I, and most people with a second's worth of thought can understand that, that either, um, you know, they need to be awoken to the reality that there's that, that of of how precarious our worldly security is. Hmm. Um or, or the fact that they're you know simply ignoring something that's that's deeply not right in their life. Sure. The second the, the blame shifting again, like I think um I think the honesty that that um uh and I'll often I'll often point out that like you know if we've got a mess in our life of some sort um the like you think of you think of people who are uh you know are moral exemplary uh people right and and you think you know what's the difference between them and me and it isn't that they have messes or that they have you know problem people in their life or problem situation that, that I have those things and they don't right it's not that my life is their life is free from problems and mine is not it's rather that they've they've learned to uh that that, that people who who do well with life people who who are walking with the lord people who know god and are truly serving others and uh, and serving him with their life uh it the difference between uh between that person and the person That I need to get through to is, is, is not that one has trouble and the other does not. It's Hmm. that one is reaching out to God and taking responsibility for the things that are wrong in their lives. And the other is not sure. And then, and then the, uh, the, the third, uh, refusing to submit to how God has designed us. You know, I, I think here, I think a lot of this is a, is a matter of humility, and, and realizing and getting a person to see that um, much of who we are is something that is given to us by God. It's not something that God asks us to, you know, to write on a blank slate, like how, who, or what do you feel like being today? And of course our minds go to like very immediate examples of this that are prominent on our culture, you know, things relating to sexuality or gender identity and things like that. But really uh, I mean, any aspect of um, the way, ways in which people are blocking God out of their life can be relevant to this. That I'm deciding to be my own God, and that the question is: is 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 God real, and does He have a say over who I am, mm. and um, and 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 over how I will be? And so I'll often point to God in creation. God is the Creator, because I think a big a big theme in Scripture is how the fact that He is our Creator means that He has claim on our lives and who we are. And then finally, the idea that thinking of things of God are, are, silly or ridiculous or foolish. Um, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what a person, uh, how a person is thinking of that. But, uh, but I like, like how, like why a person is thinking that and exactly what that means. Mm. Um, but, uh. Yeah, it it's a little bit more of a
1: question, right? Because some people they're yeah. like, "Oh, I don't, I don't believe in religion, or I don't believe in God." You know, there's a difference between an atheist and and um, somebody who's mm-hmm. agnostic. You know, yeah. um, or and- somebody coming in just maybe that's somebody else that uh, has a different worldview that looks at Christianity and finds it foolish for one reason or another. Um, but a lot of folks yeah. would probably look at that and say that religion's like a crutch, right, for for people to help them feel better about themselves. You know, and wouldn't even give the idea that the Bible is God's true word, uh, you know, an actual thought.
0: Yeah. And I think a a quick way to turn this on its head is to realize that there, this objection isn't really means nothing. The the idea that, that uh, Jesus and Christianity and religion are, are foolish and therefore should not be believed or silly or superstitious or something like that, that really uh, there, there is that really has no teeth to it whatsoever apart from the factual claim of whether or not it's true, Mm. right? That, 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 um, and so what I think the easy way to address this or, or maybe not easy, but the way that I would address this would be then to press them into, uh, into why, what is, what is your evidence for thinking that the, you know, uh, that our universe is, is uncreated or something like that. What is your, what is your reason for believing that, you know, obviously uh, the, 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 probably the main worldview on offer in the West for the last 2000 years is not true. What are your reasons for thinking that Jesus didn't uh, was not crucified uh, did not rise from the dead? What are your reasons? What part of scriptures, the scripture do you find uncompelling? And, you know, you um, and so, and really what those questions will tend to do, I think 99% of the time will help people realize that they don't, they haven't really thought of it. They haven't right. really, they don't really have good reasons. They're just trying to dismiss it because of some trope or some, some meme that's just stuck in their head, some way of thinking without really having good reasons. And if you show them that, you know, uh, the Christian is the one who has the good reasons for their belief, um, As opposed to I always think like no worldview has a free lunch, including unbelief, that it's not as if unbelief is just the standard way of being and requires no justification. Whereas uh, Christians alone have to justify their beliefs.
1: Right. Yeah, that's that's a great point. So this next question here, Doug, you know, along with this, you know, quote unquote, very, you know, this this worldly uh, symptoms, right? Thinking of this world and symptoms that come from that of being dead in sin. Paul's also characterizing spiritual death as, as following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, right? As we just read in Ephesians. You know, of course, Paul here is referring to the spiritual battle that's kind of going on behind, you know, behind the scenes. And you've given us um, also, you know, Ephesians 121, right? And also Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 12, uh, if you want to kind of jump in there to see a little bit more there. But, Doug, why is it so important that we realize the reality of what Paul's describing here? Mm.
0: Um, because, well, I I think uh, when you go to the, the, the passage in chapter 6, it's kind of... Um, it becomes kind of apparent where he says uh, that like this is the reason why you have to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And therefore, you take up the armor of God and then go on to read what that is. Um and you know, I think it's it's the idea that like if we're not acknowledging this very spiritual reality um, of of the struggle of our own struggle with sin and of the 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 struggle of the gospel going out into all the world, then we're kind of missing a big part of um, what we're actually up against and how to actually fight it. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to spend my am I going to acknowledge the need for the Lord to open up people's hearts on a spiritual level beyond say logical argument beyond um, you know me finding clever ways to convince people that Jesus is who he claims to be in there or am I, am I going to acknowledge the fact that there there is a spiritual thing going on there as well mm-hmm. and that frankly that there are um actual uh uh, spiritual agents, actually, you know, individual uh, beings who are against the purposes of God in this world. Uh, I think that there's a way to hold that and that, that is, you know, almost superstitious, almost kind of like, you know, beyond what scripture says and things like that. But I, um, despite the fact that, you know, there's a lot of, spe- of kind of baseless speculation about things like demons and devils and, and Satan and things like that. Uh, it is also biblical to believe that those things are very real and very true. And there's a lot of passages in the Bible where I think this is just frankly has to be acknowledged that um, that, that there are spiritual beings that make things um, that, 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 that uh, have some measure of, um, of agency in our world and some, some level of control over things in our world. Mm. Over which em- Ephesians is emphatic, Christ reigns as Lord, right? right? That, that that there's nothing beyond beyond Him, that He is Lord of Lord, and He He is above all the principalities and powers. Mm.
1: And it's important for us to know this too, because otherwise we're just walking around with blinders on. You know what I mean? Thinking, you know, taking everything at face value, like. It, there's a spiritual war that is going on. You know what I mean? And if I'm opening up my life to those powers and ignoring the things of God, it's I'm just spiraling further down uh, away from God and toward um, eternal damnation. Really? Um, This life is, you know, we use this phrase all the time, like for the Christian, this is the closest to hell we ever get, you know? And then the opposite holds true as well. Like if, if we're not in Christ, like this is the best that things will ever be. Mm-hmm. And it's it, the reality of that really is, is part of what charges us forward in the mission as well to, to love one, to, to love others, to, to share the gospel, to see them come to know the life that is in Christ. Yeah. Um, but, but to ignore that, to walk away or just, you know, kind of put blinders on uh, is, is deadly really.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think, I think the, you know, the, the, the two extremes are both to be avoided. The, the idea of giving, giving Satan and demons too much credit for things yeah, and, and not giving them enough. You know, those yeah. are the two, yeah. you know, uh, the like, total dismissal or total superstition and gullibility mm. are two extremes, both of which we want to avoid.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, this next section here uh, we've named a moment, right? So we had a past and now we're talking about a moment, specifically a moment in our lives where, we can look and see, uh, you know, where God really brought us uh, or made us alive in Christ, really, or, or brought us to, to working knowledge of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. So yeah. uh, we're going to jump into Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 9. Um, I'll read them real quick. Uh, so we were just talking about how we were dead in our trespasses. Um Uh, And now verse four says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace that you have been saved and raised and raised us up with him and seated us. With him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. Um, so, first question here is Can you recall uh, a moment in your own life where God made you alive in Christ? What was that moment? Uh, what was it like? And how is your life different uh, as a result? Uh, question number six here, given what Paul says in these verses, how much of a role would you say an, indiv- an individual has in his or her own salvation and explain? So I've tried to keep this open-ended. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's somewhat leading just because of the fact uh, that we're asking it. Uh, but Doug, I'll let you tackle that one. Last question here, number seven. In your experience, yeah. what part of our passage this week do you find that people have the hardest time accepting? How would you engage with somebody struggling to accept to accept these things as truth? All right, Doug. Yeah. Uh, so we've already recorded the theology Thursday on predestination, so we can reference. Uh, there
0: you go. Yeah, and this is actually isn't that. I mean, I obviously think that this is uh, this is kind of it does have relevance for that conversation, but it doesn't. We're not trying to like. It's not. Uh, we're not trying to like tip the scales towards. Well, sure, I am. Right, but um. Uh, <laughs>
1: Hey, uh, um, I'm just going to answer this question and we can move on. God saved us. If you guys
0: didn't wrestle with that in chapter one, then I don't know. But Mm -hmm. no. So let me just first point out with respect to question five, that some people in your group might just, there never really is a time in their life where they don't remember confessing Jesus as Lord. You know, like ever since they were a kid, they, you know, they like that's – like even with me, I had a young conversion and then I had kind of had a, a moment where the lights turned on much later in life when I was around 20 mm-hmm. um you know so i I would look to that to both moments as very significant hallmarks but sometimes people can't really pinpoint a spot and there's nothing wrong with that and so I think like it's just important that when we're talking testimonies and stuff make sure that you exalt those as significant um testimonies to God's grace like a life lived, kind of in the body of Christ is not something to be regretted. It's not less cool of a testimony than someone who was like an international drug kingpin who <laughs> came to his knees on death row and then no like That's you, um, right? That's right? That's right. That's right. No, my I'm, wife has a testimony. I'm just like thankful that actually. The, I'm just the- thankful that God saved me from the cage fighting um <laughs> circuit (laughs) you know
1: i'm sure Uh, you got to show me some cage fighting skills doug um Uh, so my my wife my wife actually has a testimony like that um where she cage fighting oh yes of cage fighting no for for her she remembers always going to church she remembers always being a christian always having grown up in a family that praise god and pray to god uh, and thank God for that, you know, and so there she has a hard time definitively pointing a moment because it it was so young for her. She's just always grown up knowing those things. But for her, she remembers like slowly coming more and more uh, to obedience. And then actually she got baptized uh, I think man, it was it was quite a few years ago now, maybe seven years ago where she was just like, you know what? My faith is my own, you know what I mean? And I know that, and that was huge for her to actually go get baptized. But, you know, we're like, she's so grateful for that testimony though of her life. Cause like for as far back as she can remember, you know, and 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 praise God for this, you know, he's been at work in her life. And, you know, maybe there was a moment yeah. that she may have forgotten, but um, but praise God for the way that he's worked in her life.
0: Yeah. Like I I think of one of the phrases of Paul in Romans six, where he's like, what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Yeah. You know, like if we're truly like ashamed of the fact that we once hated God and, and, and did and you know, we're aliens and, 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 um, and totally alienated from him. That's not something we should look back on. Like with pride, like we're better for having, (laughs) for having ignored God. Right. Uh, like if we genuinely see that as sin, I don't think there's any way you could spin that to be like a good, an awesome thing, yeah. you know. And um, anyway, moving right along. Well, actually, first. real quick,
1: Doug, uh, oh, and yeah. also be mindful if you have non Christians in your group. This is going to be a tough question. So the way in which you ask it, you know, be welcoming forward, you know, and, and I would not avoid it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wouldn't avoid asking this question. I would, I would, now's the time to go there. You know what I mean? If you, if you've yeah. never had this moment in your life, you know, what is it that's, you know, kind of holding you back from seeing from seeing Christ as Lord and Savior?
0: Yeah. Um, in fact, I mean, the, the, for the, it's kind of worded where, you know, it, it would lead a person maybe to say, no, I haven't. And either the reason is they're like Kristen and, and have, and, and have believed as far as they can remember, or they're still dead in sin. And that's the reason why they don't have a moment, you know? Exactly. Uh, or, you know, may, maybe also it was a pro- more of a pro- gradual process, less of a moment. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So very, uh, we're trying to tee you up. Yep. We're, we're trying to, to throw you a slow ball right down the middle of uh, home plate.
1: <laughs> All you have to do is ask the question.
0: That's right. Um, okay. So, and then the, how much of a role would somebody... Ha, does an individual have in his or her own salvation? So um, keep in mind, like, we're, we're never at the point where we want to say that, like, uh, you know, we're just, we're just robots who have zero, who do nothing and we just wake up one day and we're saved. Right. Like this um, in chapter one, but, uh, when in verse 13 it talks about in him you also when you heard the word of truth um and believed in him right you heard the the gospel of your salvation and believed in him okay so there's belief and even here right um that uh, by by grace you have been saved through faith okay so but pretty much everything else that we could speak of, he, of here is the gift of god is the work of god not your own doing this whole scenario um is is so you know you're you're dead um and and god makes you alive uh, i think ryan was right to use the um example of lazarus although technically that is a bit of an illustration right like, like it's not as if That's um that's not technically talking about salvation, salvation there, right? But -hmm. the same idea is like like when the Paul sees fit to to use the metaphor of being dead and being made alive, like that's not something that we have control over, right? God made us alive together with Christ by grace. It is a it is a gift. Um, God pretty much does everything we believe. And, um, and again, I think if you drill a a little further down into the theology behind that, you have to say that even the belief is, is the result of God, um, opening the eyes of my heart.
1: Yeah. I was talking about this a little bit last week in my own, in my own testimony, like I very specifically remember learning about God and going to churches and studying, studying everything, actually studying the Bible, studying the Quran, studying other religious texts as well. And there was a point at which I, I legitimately saw the Lord, saw Jesus as Lord, as God, and went and acted upon that. And, and I had to, you know, that's, that's faith working itself out in my life. But I would never have been brought to the point of those things if it were not for God. You know, how in my own brokenness and my own sinfulness can I possibly know the things of God? I can't without, without God intervening. In, intervening yeah. and and praise God for that. Um, I, I would also underline, you know, these verses too, especially, you know, verses eight to 10, they just highlight, like, there is nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. Right. And this is important, especially for a lot of folks, you know, cause there's still many folks, even in our church that it's like, well, I'm a good person. Right. Or I come to church, you know, I worship, I give, I show up on time, you know, I, I give to the church or whatever else that might be. And it's like, well, yes, we participate in those things. It's important to do that. And we'll actually get into that here in a second as to why. But like those things don't earn your place in God's family. It's all by faith in what Christ has done. It's because of Jesus that we're offered a place uh, in, in the Lord's family as adoption as sons and daughters because of uh, of the blood that was shed for us, you know, to pay our penalty um, and praise God for that.
0: And I, and I think that that's, uh, you know in my experience this is obviously question seven is a very personal is a bit of a personal question, but in my experience, that's generally the part of the gospel that I have the hardest time uh, that I, that I find that people have the hardest time with is a understanding, just grasping the the free nature of it. The fact that like it, you know, works, obviously this passage makes clear. They're not irrelevant. They're, they're part of our faith um, or they're, they're part of the life of faith we should say. Right. Mm-hmm. But but that the freeness of God's gift—the fact that, like, you don't obtain it by observing sacraments, you don't obtain it by, uh, by, by, by becoming a good person and doing works that merit salvation and things like that—like that's mm-hmm. deeply ingrained in the human psyche, is. Um, and I think there's a bunch of different reasons for that. You know, one of which is is even if a person. If, even if a person is taking the word of God seriously and and um, and takes the notion of eternal life seriously, then you, you know they recognize that as a very valuable gift. And the more valuable a gift is, the more difficult it is to accept, like, this is just mine for free. You know, like if I came over to your house today, Alex, with a brand new car, you know, like you'd be like, well, I got to give you something for this, you know. Yeah. But yeah. then even beyond that, too, there's a, a lot of that, too, is also pride. You know, being able to say like, like I am, like how how undeserving I am, yeah. um, which I think is why it's important to often lean in to how humble the actual the gospel actually m- requires us to be in order to receive it. That's a great um, point. Um, that especially that, for us culturally yeah.
1: here in the Western world and and in New Jersey, you know what I mean. Like pride is a thing. You know what I mean. I, I want to work hard. I want to be recognized. I want to be acknowledged. I want to be applauded you know what i mean and so to come to the place where it's like i can do nothing i have no ability to save myself i'm completely incapable and i am wholly and wholly dependent on someone else for me to be okay is almost totally against the grain or countercultural if you will to everything that we live in today but like that's the reality of it like there's nothing we can do like it's beyond us to save ourselves we 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 are eternally and totally depraved we cannot save ourselves but but god intervened right and, yeah.
0: i i sometimes think of like peter getting his feet washed right where mm-hmm. he's like mm-hmm. lord uh you're going to wash my feet like i should be washing yours and jesus is like no peter if i don't wash you you don't have a place with me and mm-hmm. at that point like peter could have doubled down <laughs> But he actually did the right thing, right? He's like, all then right, they're not just my feet, but my head, my my head too, you know, my like every everything. Um, yeah. So like, I, like it's like, you know, that and Peter's someone who understands Jesus is his Lord, and because he understands the value of Jesus, he has a hard time understanding. Like, wait, like all I bring to the table here is my filth. Mm. Um, it's humbling.
1: Yeah. Which is why it's a gift, right? It's it shows us a lot more about who God is, you know, um, mm-hmm. and kind of brings us to this next section here too, which we call a, a present or a gift, right? Uh, last verse here is Ephesians two ten, um, which says, "For we are His workmen's works, <laughs> man. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them." Um, And so kind of leading us here from, you know, we were talking a little bit about the balance between faith and works. And here's our first question, right? How would you explain the proper relationship between faith and works based upon what we're reading here? Um, Question number nine is asking, what are the good works which God has prepared beforehand for you to walk in? Uh, And number 10, if people are saved by grace through faith, and this is, you know, kind of the million dollar question um, apart from works, then why should anyone care about doing good works? Right. Why does it matter if we're saved by grace? Then what does it matter? Right. Um, this is probably in my own group. This is where we're going to hang out, uh, here tonight is, you know, most of my group at this point are are Christians. <laughs> what?
0: I thought you were going to hang out at the hospital tonight.
1: <laughs> uh, yo, you, you know what? That's a good call. Talk. I don't know if I'll make it into group, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you know, as far as this part of the conversation, um, you know, it's important that we understand this. What is the proper relationship between faith and works? You know, uh, Doug, lead us lead us through here.
0: Yeah. So, um, the you know, I, I it it I think it's interesting that that Paul you know is basically juxtaposes these two fra- these two phrases in uh, or these two statements in verses nine and ten, right? right? It's not the result of works, and then we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works.
1: Right.
0: So it's like it's totally like, you know, give just gives it to us there that it's a matter of like what order are we put every are, are we talking about good works as a result of salvation or as a cause of it? Right. And um that makes all the difference. What side you put that on yes. basically determines whether you're ter- teaching heresy or whether you're teaching good theology. And um and so, you know, I, I that they follow from this and um the so so I think and they they follow as as a as a necessary result of true salvation because Paul is envisioning salvation again not merely as a decision on my part but as actually having been made alive right and having been indwelt by the Spirit having been seated in the heavenly places like it's what a weak conception of Chris Christian faith says that that doesn't impact a life right. You know that that wouldn't have like how weak do we think the spirit of god is and obviously paul thinks the spirit of god is quite strong I, I i tend to concur with him on that and so i think it is very reasonable to say that like works um good works will follow um i'm also like to qualify that by the fact that like sometimes it can be slow uh, also you know we're never told like how how much like you know how how much Improvement should we see in a person's life, but we are told that we should see, see it. Mm -hmm. Um, a person is our lives should be drastically different as a result of Jesus being our Lord. Um, and uh, you know, and, um, as for the, the good works that he's prepared beforehand, like what are they, this is a bit of a, a personal question. You know, we're trying to get, you know, people thinking about like, you know, what what in my life, where in my life are good works lacking, good works that follow as a result of my salvation in Christ. Um, you've got, uh, if you want to look in elsewhere in Ephesians, uh, so chapter four, verses 17 down really through chapter five, um, uh, basically uh, talk all about. All about that, you know, um, that um, you must no longer walk. Notice the the, the walking here, right? Uh, He created us in Christ Jesus that we might walk in them. And now you must no longer walk as Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. And, uh, yeah, you've got a bunch of good stuff here. First, some spiritual principles about putting off the old self and putting on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Mm-hmm. But then some very practical things, um, you've put away all falsehoods. So be don't lie to each other. And be angry, sin. do not sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's an important yeah. verse, especially yeah. for
0: couples. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah. So but yeah, a lot,
1: a lot of things here that they're saying, sorry, Doug, not, not to cut you off. No, no, but like the heart of a Christian, like if you're legitimately a Christian, right? You don't come face to face with the creator of all things, the creator of the universe, the creator of this world, the creator of us, the savior of all humanity and walk away the same person, right? I, I There's no way. It's not like... I don't know if it's not possible, you know, you can't, you can't be humbled to the point of recognizing who Jesus is accepting that free gift coming to, to, to salvation and life in Christ. And then be like, you know what? Thanks for that, Jesus. You know, I'm going to go on living the same way I always have anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, No legitimate Christian I know has walked away like that. Like there's a new life. Like it's legitimately a new life. The old desires have gone. The new ones have come. Right. And here they are that we should walk in these things. I like, like I don't want to love my neighbor just because, you know, it makes me a good person. You know what I mean? Most people don't want to love their neighbor anyway. We'd rather just live quietly, not be bothered by the people next to us. But Jesus loved us enough (laughs) that like, how can we not love them you know what i mean like how can you not walk to the top of your house and scream out the good news to the you know, like so you run out of your voice you know what i mean like that's the motivation forward we get to do these things and so let us walk in them you know to love one another well to serve one another to be to others as christ is to us
0: yeah and that this coming from a trained opera singer who could definitely scream <laughs> uh more effectively and for longer than most of us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I and um yeah, but just you know pointing to verse 10 there, you know, uh this idea created in Christ Jesus for this. That that this is this is um you know part of this idea of the new creation that we are in Christ very uh second corinthians five seventeen ish of paul mm-hmm. uh i think that's the verse you know that you're a new creation in christ um and that's the idea you know we were we're born dead in trespasses we in a sense were created there but then when god makes us alive in christ we are created um in god's workshop um you know kind of like if you ever see robocop <laughs> like, that's you know, that's what you picture honda huh, yeah they bring them in and they're like all right target target but yeah they they you know and and that's that's <laughs> that's what god does to us he makes us a cyborg um now he may but um all man Uh, Part man, part machine, all cop. (laughs) Um, Stop, Doug. The the idea that that God God (laughs) brings us, uh, you know, we are dead and he brings us, makes us alive and brings us into his workshop and puts us together like he wants us to do for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. And if you're not viewing that as part of what it means to be a Christian, like then you're not viewing the Christian life as what it actually is. It's not about just this one decision that you made. Um, you could point to a time when I raised my hand or signed a card or came forward at an altar call or looked the pastor in the eye when he was saying, "All heads down and if you want to accept Christ, just look up and I'll see you. you know like that's not what the Christian life is about. That might have been the beginning, but the 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 real thing to acknowledge is that you've actually been made into a new person, and so we're really trying to lean into that as a spiritual reality. And, uh, it's because if this stuff is true, then that is our motivation for good works because that's who I am and that's who God's made me. And if I believe it, and if I, uh, I take that seriously in my life, then these things will follow.
1: Awesome. Awesome well, last couple of things before we close up here doug uh, just to, you know in closing first let's you know take some time this week to think back on this year because it's certainly been a long one uh, throughout this pandemic and and take a look at areas where God's been at work you know what I mean even even in some of the challenging times where's God been moving what have you learned as a result um, secondly you know what does this summer look like for your group you know if you've got any plans for the summer if you're planning on putting a barbecue or the party up uh, now's a great time to chat that through uh, with your group. Uh, Third, uh, share any expectations for next year. So what's your group doing next year? Are they meeting same time, same place, Uh, new leadership, same leadership, different location? If anything's changing, now's a great time to chat about that. Or even if you guys are thinking about it, now's a good time to bring that up as well. And then lastly, uh, let's just take some time to thank God for all the amazing gifts Uh, that he does give us chiefly salvation, right? That we have in Christ. And uh, even though that we were dead in sin, God's made us alive in Christ and pray also that this would not fall on deaf ears, but that we would actually be the hands and feet of Christ. Um, And that the church would just be a a beautiful reflection uh, of Christ's love, uh, especially to those that don't yet know him. Guys, thank you so much. We are so grateful to be able to walk with you through the through this past year. We know it's been a challenging one, but uh, certainly one with a lot of blessings as well. Um, Doug and I are available all summer. We've got summer sessions coming up here right around the corner. Doug, when are those? When do those kick off?
0: Uh, July. So it'll be like the Mondays and Wednesdays in July and then in August. So it'll be six weeks. So right. that'll be, um, yeah. So it starts on July 5th and then you know, so that's the Monday and then the seventh and then it just goes Monday and Wednesday until we're done Sweet. Uh, all the way through August Sweet. 9th and 11th. Yeah,
1: we've got that coming up. Uh, if you are between the ages of 18 and 25, colleges kicks off this Wednesday. So looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I uh, was this planning
0: week, our, this week. Yeah. Our very own Ryan Batesel will be teaching about marriage.
1: Nice. About marriage. Sweet. I'm uh, looking forward to so, that. Yeah. And then as always, Doug and I are always available if you guys have any questions. Uh, until then, rest well. We love you guys so much. Uh, just praying that God would really use this time uh, to really build community, continue to build community and, and really rejuvenate us well uh, as we look forward to the fall season. Uh, take care you guys. We love you so much. Thank you for serving as you have. Doug, you're the man. Thank you for all of your insights through the course of this year, man. It's been It's been fun.
0: You're the man. Ditto. And uh, I'm going to go mow my lawn. You go. um, Have a baby. Have a baby. Yeah. My son is on the way. Much more exciting than what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Should I tell you the name? I probably shouldn't do that. We haven't told anyone yet. It's biblical. Uh,
0: (laughs) Might not be a good idea to announce.
1: We're going to name him Leviathan.
0: (laughs) There you go. That's right. Yeah. Or Adonai Bezek. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, Doug. See you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.